So anyway, I got this like hot ass tiefling. And when I say hot ass tiefling, Mark, I mean hot. I mean, her infernal engine makes Ann Richards look like, I don't know, a winner in in Quebec. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there's great fishing in Quebec. Um, but with so this tiefling you're telling me about here, right? Um, uh, she she she's hot. Yeah. It's super hot, but we have a problem. So okay. we've got a problem in our game. Okay. A problem in our game is we already have like four tiefling characters, and we're trying to figure out how to how to do this without everybody being like weird and incestual, right? Because mm-hmm. there's only so many like tiefling spawn spy spawn sires and and all this shit. Like they're all basically descended from some some other weird demigod and all this shit. It's however our our dungeon master just decided to write shit into the game, um, you know, because you get those people that they just have have to control everything, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we're like we're trying to figure out family trees here. Like we, we've completely stalled the game for a solid hour and a half. Just to make sure, like, okay, so X person's related to Y person through double X Y grandpa or some shit like that. We finally come to the realization that sometimes incest is okay because it's way less complicated to think about. Yeah, I, I that's, yeah, I, I mean, you reach a certain population density and you just stop asking some questions, right? Yeah, yeah. And really what's what's the worst thing that could happen, you know? What are the real big products of incest here? Yeah, there's some genetic diseases and yeah, there's some shitty things like a Habsburg chin that gets tossed down. What's the real worst thing that could happen here, Mark? This person grows up to be a 34-year-old that just doesn't know how to do anything of merit and and talks about a TV show that got ended about 15 years ago. Are you saying something about your parents? I'm saying my parents, if they knew how much time and energy I dedicated into the dang old podcast, might be a little sad at me. <laughs> well, because you said 34-year-old, and that ain't me anymore, babe. But I was going to say, like, you know, my daddy's from uh, West Virginia, so who can say? Hey, we're in that sweet, sweet spot, Mark, where for, for like uh, about seven weeks here or so, I'm not 34 and neither are you. <laughs> So I'm talking about some other asshole. He's some got disappointed asshole. parents. Not mine. <laughs> not mine, yeah. <laughs> you know where they're not disappointed in us? Because of this here dangle podcast, the weekly retrospective rewatch of King of the Hill, where I, Mark, and my good buddy, but definitely not my brother from another mother. Wait, no, you are my brother from another mother, but we ain't got the same daddy. <coughs> you ain't my daddy. Johnny. <laughs> draws like a pencil and then we talk about two episodes of king of the hill and we see if they're good we talk about the goods and bads and highs and lows uh we see if they still hold up we slap them with our patented rating system and sometimes we get super mad about continuity and then we say we're not going to worry about it and then we're going to worry about it and i'm afraid we're going to worry about it this week gianni let's get into it buddy yes sir let's do it uh, I'm going to give you all a forewarning because this is a first i think for dang old podcast maybe for high hammock uh-oh. Honestly, I haven't listened to all of all of Two Wizards. Uh, but Johnny's drinking wine, just like straight up wine. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm feeling bougie as shit. This is, I'm embracing my Euro trash. Hey, this bottle of wine was four Euro at the, at the store and is buttery and tasty. Sauvignon Blanc. Okay, right Thank on. Thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, as long as we're but, at this party, I'm drinking an Icy Bay IPA from Alaskan Brewing. It tastes like shit, and I'm so sick of IPAs, I could just fucking die. Also, I can't blame you for not listening to 150 episodes of fucking Two Wizards. Like, <laughs> I think that's, like, all told would be close to, like, 340 hours. Like, no. I, no. <laughs> I, it's true, but I have done close to that amount with you here, haven't I? Get, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> you and I tend to be a little bit more grounded, but... It is well, it's actually, no. True. Well, I'm gonna take... No, we're not. Never mind. Retraction. <laughs> Retraction. Well, I'm going to take a sip of my happy juice here and then talk about the Untitled Blake McCormick Project. Yeah, let's do that because that's our uh, first episode tonight. This morning, whatever. I it forget is, what time it is. It is episode. Oh, it's. Oh no, we're. So... It's. I mean, it's probably morning for you. It's evening for me. It's party time for everybody else because they get. Uh, a new episode at Dangle Podcast. Damn Guys, right, this baby. is episode 225, Untitled Blake McCormick Project. And I have to say that I hate it. I hate it. It goes back to me in high school. I hate it when people just don't title their shit. It's like the laziest, unartistic choice you can ever talk about. Like, What are you going to title this everything without has giving away the title? Um, Or the, the plot, I mean. I don't know. Alley Skank? No. Give me, uh, 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 what is it? Um, hot cup of red corn soup? <laughs> Indian oh. oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. I have the absolute fucking best one. Okay. Popcorn. Okay. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that came off the top of my wine-addled brain, and damn it, if that's not the best fucking unlaziest title here. Guys, Untitled Blake McCormick Project, original air date February 17th, 2008, written by the aforementioned Blake McCormick. Mark, where do we see him last? We just saw him in Bill Bulk and the Body Buddies, and he also writes three others that we have not seen yet. Well, damn it, I wanted to like you, but now I hate you a little bit because of this stupid title. Uh, cast of characters this week. Hank, so, Peggy, so, Bobby, okay, really Hill, quick, Bill really Bill. quick, really quick. Sorry, I just, uh, we don't get these oh, a yeah. lot. So, 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 you get, like, Transnational Amusements presents Peggy's Magic Sex Feet, right? Um, yeah. You get John Vitti presents Return to La Grunta, and then you get the Blake McCormick Project. You're the most offended about the Blake McCormick Project because he put his name on it but didn't title? Yes. It's, okay. it's not the fact that he put his name on it, but that is what made it stick out to me. It's the untitled. I think it's the stupidest, bougiest, I, I have no desire or care for any of my projects. Like, anything to name any artistic project, whether it be a painting, a play, a movie, uh, a fucking King of the Hill script, untitled. Okay. It took me less than 10 seconds to think of popcorn. You could have fucking done it. <laughs> I'm so proud of that, too. You're so um, angry. It's beautiful. Wine makes yes. you mean. <laughs> Wine makes Johnny an angry drunk. Okay, a cast of characters. We're going to start this over. Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer. We have Candy. Nope, oh, not Candy. Candice, right? I think you're thinking of... um. Candy's her stage name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her real name is Charlene. Charlene, thank you. So... I'm going to blame the wiki on this one because oh, they have her in when you, when you pull it, it says candy, even though that is her stage name. It's like, come on, 
Everything else says Candace, and apparently you spell candy with an I the right way on this character, but not the other. Anyway, Nancy Gribble, <laughs> Joseph Gribble, John Redcorn, Kate, Drew, and Conan Min, Super News, and Pwn. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you got yeah, that. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good callback. Good, good job. Good job. <laughs> I'm always having to, I'm always having to fix their stuff. Um, uh, Charlene, I can remember Charlene because your putter's name is Charlene, Mark. Um, Charlene is played by Melinda Clark. She's our guest star this week. Mark, do you recognize the name Melinda Clark? No, but why should I? Um, so I didn't recognize her name and I barely recognized her face except for she plays the hot mom on the TV show, the OC that was, uh, that was on Fox when you and I were growing up. Oh, so if we're you look back to Melinda Fox Clark, pimping out their stars to other shows. Yeah. Yeah. I swear. Look it up and you may recognize her from something else, but that's the only thing I went. Oh yeah. I know you because you are an attract, like moderately to somewhat attractive brunette. You're a little bit of an older lady, but you you wear it well. Like, cool. Got it. I feel like she always got kind of typecast into that. Yeah, I don't recognize her, but I also didn't watch OC. Listeners, if you know Melinda Clark from something and are horribly offended that I only know her as the mom in the OC, let me know. Um, Yeah, synopsis this <laughs> but week. But only Bill's let Johnny know. Don't romance. tell me. Yeah, no, don't tell Mark. Mark doesn't want to hear about it. He's going to be like, Melinda Clark who? What the fuck is wrong with you? A synopsis, Bill's new whirlwind romance has some potentially awkward ties to John Redcorn. Our A-story characters this week really, I mean, it's the whole alley, but it focuses primarily on Bill, on Dale, and mm, to a lesser extent, because he's not seen a whole hell of a lot, to like halfway through the episode, John Redcorn. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mark... Give me some of those notes, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, number one, just, ooh, I already love you, Blake McCormick, because you gave us a shout-out to That's Amore, but also Lulies. Just continuing that good King of the Hill fucking established universe that I get such a woody for. So, Hank would, you know, like Mussolini if he complimented his yard. John, what dictator <laughs> do you want to compliment you on something for? Because I want Idi Amin to tell me that I make an amazing bowl of chili. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, I want Stalin to tell me I have good work ethic. Jesus Christ, that's high praise from Caesar. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know it's I know what you mean. I want buddy. him to go Yeah. Like, oh <laughs> you silly American. You do a very good job though. You make funny podcast. <laughs> I I like you so much I shave off mustache. I know his trademark. I am now tasting meat and not the heat listening to dangled podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is such a weird fucking episode. And I don't mean you and me today. Yeah. I mean this episode right here. Like, okay, let's uh -huh. take a minute here. Because usually I appreciate when you break down a plot, with, or when you break down the synopsis, you, you hit a couple keywords in there and you leave it pretty ambiguous. I think this one we kind of uh -huh. need to beat over the head a little bit. Bill meets a woman. Uh, that woman has two yep. kids. Bill and the woman fall in love. Um, Dale meets the kids, realizes that he knows the daughter is his genetic is his is from his genetic source. Wink, wink, wink. Because it's the same as Joseph, right? Right. Then he taps John Redcorn, Joseph and Kate's real father, to go break up Bill and end his you know 
happiness. Yes. This is a weird fucking episode, Johnny. Yes. Ooh, and like, I would also no title it The Hand That this. Cucks the Cradle. I like popcorn better. But yeah, I do too. It's cuter. <laughs> yeah, you can't put mine on TV. <laughs> mine would be on HBO. Exactly. Yeah, no, this is a very strange. Very strange. Like, there's a lot of things in this episode that feel... like It's got a very good classic King of the Hill feel to it. But at the same time, it's like, oh, but everything is, is viewed through, like, a weird sepia tone filter that is mm-hmm. just kind of skewing it. Or, like, oh, what? I don't remember the name of it. And, and I swear, if, if you listen to the podcast, Jim, I'm sorry. I was a terrible fucking student in your class. But there's something about when the frame rate in a movie goes below 30 frames a second that it looks visibly off. I feel mm. like that is what we're getting when we watch this. You know what you're seeing, but you don't make sense. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And like it all, like it's all there. It's all in the right order, but something is tweaking it. And so it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel natural. Like I want this to be a good classic episode of King of the Hill, but it's just something is like, you know, one of the eggs in the dozen has gone rotten and we just don't know it yet. Okay. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um, that's a con. Remind me I have an extra con. I like Dale's conspiracy, though. I like it. I like the breakdown. I like how he does it. To that end, I would almost yeah. say this is a really, really good Dale episode. But usually Dale isn't such a piece of shit in his episode. So there is, therefore so he's mean. redeemable. Yeah, like this is out and out cruel. And I guess it's the same level of cruelty that, you know, he was in The Exterminator. You know, like Gladstone. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's it's a really good Dale episode, but also just as a general note, dude, fuck him. Um, another little bit of callback continuity. Uh, Peggy says this place is like dang old Melrose Place. Taking a line from who in the like first season? <laughs> but also right? retro reference rage. That show ended it ended in ninety nine. Eight years or no? This is yeah, ten years after this one aired. Guys, come on now, really? Yeah. That's. That's the best you go. I guess you can't say, wow, it's like the OC Yeah, we're in ages here. away from the reboot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can answer this, or you can um, speak to this. I know that art therapy is um, can be, you know, helpful to people, right? Yeah. Is mashed potato therapy helpful, Johnny, to sculpt your subconscious? Um, Not if you're at an Overeaters Anonymous meeting. Uh, Ooh. Like, yeah, no, so... <laughs> You're welcome. You're definitely welcome for that well, one. Well done. No, uh, you know, it's so you know that this is a very clear reference to Close Encounters, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the that's the joke. We've seen it in The Simpsons with Clown College. Like, it's fine. It is what it is. I love that Dale calls back to it because it's it ties in the whole alien theme and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that you I love that you, Mark, tied this into art there because there is a lot of different things that come from sculpting and moving things around. And there's entire set of therapy designed for little kids that don't understand and don't make sense of like what big therapy feeling words are mm-hmm. and yet they still need to express what is going on in their lives that's making them uncomfortable or is like affecting them in some way and they do it through a sand tray they get a big tray of sand like kinetic sand regular sand and a giant like pile of toys and they get to arrange them into the sand tray 
And it's mm. an actual training and methodology in therapy that you can analyze what this kid is doing. Like there's sometimes there's a very clear definition between, oh, this G.I. Joe is supposed to represent my mom and this Barbie is supposed to represent my dad. And they're always on the other side of the sand tray from each other because they live in different homes. Um, Ooh, okay, you know, mom okay. is laying down because she is always sleepy when she comes home from work. But dad, dad has got this cool little like other Barbie with him. We'll call it Skipper because she's some like young skank. Like there's there's a whole way of breaking down these sand trays to where you can you can tell if a kid is is feeling isolated from his family. You can tell if he's got one like brother or sister that is picking on him way too much. You can tell if this kid is is just like questioning some of the serious foundations of his life based on where he puts shit in the sand tray. So, wow, okay. A very long-winded answer to your question. Art therapy is a real fucking thing, guys, and sand tray therapy is super cool for little kids that don't have a very big vocabulary yet or don't know how to explain what they're feeling. Watching this today and I'm like, I'm just going to start sculpting my mashed potato. I'm just going to start I eat a lot of mashed potatoes. I'm just going to start doing that, and I'll send pictures of them to her and be like, here, this is what I felt like today. Um, Thank yeah. you, buddy. That was awesome. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Now to blow a hole in that ship, what's a non-Lufa purpose? And what is Bill doing, using it for? But wait, say this again? So, what, so, Dale is, so, okay, let me, let me back this up a bit. Charlene is moving in, right, and Dale's trying to break him up. Yes. So he runs up to... Um, Bill and goes, have you told her everything yet? What about the non loofah purposes that you'd use with your loofah? Oh, what is oh, a non loofah purpose? I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, sorry, that is that is in my cons, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in my cons. How dare you, sir? <laughs> you know that theory that Dale knew the whole time that Red Corn was Joseph's dad. Yeah. Yeah. I think this episode solidly puts a nail in that coffin. Yeah. At, at like a thousand percent. Like there's no way that that theory can exist simultaneously or, you know, in parallel with this episode. It just doesn't. No, sorry. Like even if Dale is a cruel dickhead, like then why use genre? It's, I don't know. Whatever. Um, and then we get a little bit more resolution here. Again, we are wrapping up. We are tying up some loose ends. And they just, Bill just throws out, oh, they're good. she's going to move in with John Redcorn. What? Okay, fine. What? Mm-hmm. That's what Redcorn does the rest of the series, then, I guess. I, but I would also say, tentatively, we got, what, yeah. 20 more episodes? Keep an eye out, man. Yeah. Yeah, and those were my notes. How about you, buddy? Um... Yeah, we'll jump in. We'll jump into mine here in a second. Here, I well, I want to address two mm. things. First, I until watch until this watching, and I've now had it stuck in the back of my brain that this is de facto the last season, right? And we're tying up loose ends. Yeah, I totally spaced out that she doesn't doesn't just leave. She actually does go and live with him. She actually mm-hmm. goes and moves in with John Redcorn. And I the other thing I'm gonna say is I will kind of blow a hole in your little theory that this is the nail in the coffin of that argument. Okay. What would Dale do if he knew and if John Redcorn was always threatening to come and take his kid away from him? If all of a sudden he is gifted with the knowledge that John Redcorn has sired a second bastard with another woman that can take up all of his time. Joseph's never like they're never going to question his parentage ever again. His kid clearly doesn't give a shit. No one's ever like he's he's not going to have this weird Native American hounding around his house sometimes when he feels all weird and lonely that he, you know, he left his kid alone with a fucking moron. No, Mm. 
he just successfully managed to give John Redcorn his own family without sacrificing his own. Hmm. Okay. Now, I still don't think Dale fucking knows. I'm just saying. No, no, I, I like those that. people I like that you seem be, to I like think you this. being able to come at me with this. It's cool. Yes. I Like, I can't. I, I cannot. Every fiber of me that knows who Dale is as a character and knows how cruel and mean he is to Bill, his best friend, I cannot in good conscience think that he would set Redcorn up with Bill's new lady and Bill's potential new family on purpose to do the same thing and to call his wife out like that and stand there and watch it and watch her just basically like melt down in front of Redcorn and go, you fucking cheated on me, you piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Dale is cold. He is not that cold and he never has been. Like, that's not him. That's why there's no way he did this intentionally. There's no way he knows. Yeah, I'm 100% that's... with you that yeah. Dale doesn't know. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I don't... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just, but you know, so. too, it's like we, you and I kind of beat the one to death about, you know, Bobby and Bill, you know, or Bill being Bobby's dad. And it's just like, oh, fuck you guys, you know? And this is another one too. And I, I hate that green text. And it's just like, I've known for years, Hank. Oh, fuck you. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Give me your notes, man. Sorry. Yes. No, you're good. Thanks for letting me kind of wrap those up. Um, oh yeah, totally. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. Um, first one here is, I love, I love that this is kind of a classic King of the Hill opener, right? It, they're looking at an appliance, not a, mm-hmm. an appliance necessarily, but like a, a yard tool, a big tool. That's very King of the Hill. And so my question for you is if you, you know, had the house, the picket fence, the two, two car garage and, and all that sort of cool shit, what's the first household appliance that you would want to go out and buy? Like Hank gets so excited over this wheelbarrow. So I know the answer already, and it's my pellet smoker. And I know how anti-Hank Hill that okay. is because it's a wood pellet smoker. But I love that damn thing. Like, I shopped no, around for it. No, it's the spirit of it, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I shopped around for it. I did a ton of research before I bought it. Um, and now I use it at least twice a week. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. It's great. I cannot recommend electric pe- pellet smokers <laughs> highly enough. But, like, that's that's where Can I am. Confirm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so mine is, it's uh, like, I've done the house thing, right? I got really excited when I bought my first push mower and I, I like working on my lawn. That was kind of fun. And I like doing little things around my house. Um, but I have always, and I don't know why, but I've always wanted a wood lathe. Like I've Ooh, always wanted okay. a space that I could like turn wood. I'm like, this seems like the coolest, weirdest shit. And like, there's really no point in me having this. What am I going to do? Make 900 fucking baseball bats? No. Like, make a bunch of fucking banisters? No. Like, there's not a lot of, of shit that you need to do with a lathe. But I've always wanted to try one out. Maybe it's because I never got to use one. Definitely never got to use one at Adams, which makes me mad because I'm pretty sure there's one in the theater shop. Yeah, that was a big deal with Stagecraft. It was like, oh, yeah, you get a lathe. Only, like, three people ever got to fuck with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely never did. Yeah, um, yeah, because you were the lighting next... guy. I, yeah, you and I weren't allowed. We were the nerds. Exactly. You were lighting out his publicity, and we had to stay in our holes. <laughs> fucking Mayhan lording over us. Lording, lording his lathe over us. What the fuck is wrong with him? Lathe Lord um, Mayhan. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, I said this already, but this episode feels very classic, right? We've got yes. Hank geeking out over something with his lawn and the wheelbarrow. We have a Dale conspiracy. We ha- The whole episode is focused around infidelity of John Redcorn. Like, 
this feels like an early seasons episode of King of the Hill to me. Um, I just wanted to take yeah. note if you hadn't already noticed it, but you noticed it right away. So fucking props to you, buddy. I just, this is kind of what we're doing now. I feel like we're trying to call back to season one, which I'm not mad. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. not mad at it. There's, please, write classic feeling King of the Hill episodes. That's great. But like, this right. is very much a classic one. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ka is a wheel and it's all going to come around because we're all just going to live it again. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, um, that that's also apparent in my next note here. Uh, who is the last person to find out about Redcorn and Nancy? <laughs> Peggy. Yeah. So realistically, who should be the first one to hear about it from Hank? It's Peggy. Mm hmm. Um, I'm really mad that she doesn't get to go and spill the spill the tea on everybody. Because she goes through this whole, like, all of these, like, emotions of, oh, I can't tell so-and-so because of this, and I can't tell so-and-so because of that. And it's like, damn it, she earned that. She earned that moment. Just give it to her. Um, but I am glad that she got to be the first one that, that Hank can disclose it to. Yeah. Oh, it's schadenfreude, and Nancy is rightfully pissed, but holy shit, how nice is it to see her get put in her place when she realizes that Redcorn, the, the tramp that he is, ran around on not just... Not just like she didn't just run around on Dale. He ran around on her. Oh, like, yeah. How do you like them apples, Nancy? I love that shit. And she's like all offended yeah. and mad. And it's like, fuck you. You you're a terrible yep. person. You've been a terrible person for 13 years. Like, and I mean, yeah, yep. we have come around on the Nancy Odyssey. But like, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and it's I think it's moments like this that help me come around on Nancy's Odyssey. Right. Because cool. You got to get your comeuppance. Like you, you have, you have re you finished, like you finished your, your affair. You have restructured and actually like improved the foundation of your marriage. You're a good mom. You've had to deal with a bunch of other weird, crazy shit. You've had to come to terms with a lot of things in your life, like aging and careerism and, and all this shit. And finally, the cherry to top it all off, that wonderful, beautiful thing that you thought you would, that was like, that was all yours and that could never be tainted. Yeah, it got tainted because nobody gets out of this shit scot-free. Not even you, Nancy. So it's like, cool. Yeah. You get your comeuppance. I like this now. Nancy, you're a complete person. I can appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Last two here you're going to like. You're going to like, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, the bald guy in Lost, his name is Terrence Quinn. Thank you. I wasn't going to look it up because I figured you would. Yep. Uh, Terrence Quinn is in Lost. He's known as the Man in Black. His character actually has a name. I don't fucking care. I watched like three seasons of Lost and John Locke. Lost interest. Uh, John Locke, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely Lost interest in it. Thank you for not letting <laughs> that that joke go away. I'm sorry. Um, I totally cut I you like off him. to be a and nerd. I, I'm sorry. No, you're good. And and Dale is right. It, it is the same guy I'm thinking about because I looked up his IMDb profile. Uh, Johnny would not know him from Lost, and he wouldn't know him from The Stepfather, but he would know him from a Stephen King classic with Gary Busey, The Silver Bullet. Yeah, he is not that, isn't he? Yeah, he's the sheriff. So he yeah. definitely gets owned, like, halfway through the movie, I'm pretty sure. It's been a while since I watched it. Guys, that movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. I fucking love it now. Cycle of the Werewolf is incredible, and that's why we need artists. Anyway, last note here before we can get on to pros and cons. The chick with the boobs that Jacob or that uh, Jacob. Joseph, not Jacob, <laughs> Joseph is uh, referencing has got to be Celine Dion. 
It's got to be. Sure. Because now Joseph is all by myself. <laughs> okay, okay. Because his lady left. <laughs> is that Celine? <laughs> That's Celine Dion? I, I don't know. She has a song called All By Myself. I'm assuming that's what it was. I, I may be remembering a, a wrong artist. Someone's going to call my ass out on it, but you know what? It's almost time for a wine refill, so that's my excuse. Well, Mark, no, what to you be fair, pros, buddy? To be fair, she did do a cover of All By Myself, um, originally written by a guy named Eric Carmen. Not Cartman, Carmen. But yeah, all right. Carman. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. One. I'm sorry. I gotta tag in really quick with one note that we both missed. Uh, Redcorn's. Oh no. Redcorn's entrance music is "Don't Need Nothing But a oh, Good Time" fuck. by Poison. Uh, fuck you. Fuck you. You can't keep I getting mad I at Redcorn's musical choice. Like you get mad at every single song that Redcorn likes. You just don't like his taste in yes. music. No. You don't like Secretary Ace Rock. We get can it. Just go away. Hey, fuck you, man. Scorpions are amazing. I know I know they all are, and um, some of my idols absolutely love that. I cannot stand things like Guns N' Roses' Welcome to the Jungle. And Welcome yet, to the Jungle Jables sucks. has talked about all the time. <laughs> Jables has talked about how it's probably the most influential metal song of all time. And I'm like, I hate this. I hate that I have to hate something you love so much. No, no, no. That's Iron Maiden's Run to the Hills. Anyway, pros. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, Dale's double thumbs up to red corn when he sees it. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, Charlene is hot. There I said it. And my fat ass tries to run away through a field. I don't care. Charlene is hot. I, oh, man. Oh, okay. That's my favorite moment. Um, and the last one is the kitchen fight between Nancy and Redcorn. That's really cool. I really like that. Um, you know, so you're saying that D- Dale never cheated on me even once? I don't know how he would know that, <laughs> Nancy. But I didn't. <laughs> right? There may have been incidents. Oh, now there was incidents for Dale. Uh, that's really good. I really like that little bit. That whole scene is really solid. Right. It's so awkward. Yeah, it's... I like that. I like, you know, we're fighting, but we're basically, you know, the parents are fighting in front of the child and they're using coded language. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are my pros. I don't have a ton, but I didn't have a lot to, I had a lot to say, but just not, I don't know, because we kind of already hit the like, you know, we like the, the classic feel of all this. So beyond that, I don't think there's much more to say. Give me your pros, man. Um, first one here, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw this back to, um, Keeping up with our Joneses, because mm. it's got a quote in there. Red corn being skeezy. Welcome back, friend. <laughs> I have that all in caps. I had to just say it. <laughs> um. Oh, dude. Okay, so I had a moment. I had a moment with this episode specifically this week. Okay. Where, goddamn, do I miss Brittany Murphy? Because why does Kate sound so familiar? And why is she perfect? Like, perfectly like Joseph? Because before Joseph went through puberty, if he had kept his tone, it would have been her, which mm. is why she is the one who does the voice of Kate. And it's like, holy shit, I'm transported back to season two and three Joseph. God, I miss Brittany Murphy so damn much. Um, this seems to me like the most thing of substance you and I've watched out of her in almost two seasons on this show. 
Yeah, dude, I totally agree with you. Like, it's great to see, like, what adult Joseph might sound like if it was still Brittany Murphy, not Breckenmeyer, but she does a good job, yes, too. It's the same it's... cadence. Like, she, it's kind of cool to, like, watch. Her. There it is. It's her doing her own classic episode, and she's like, oh, yeah, I remember doing this. This is, this is fun. All right, neat. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I like hearing, hearing Brittany Murphy do anything on this show that's not stupid blonde. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Mark. I, I blanked that out. Um, <laughs> in therapy, we have what's called reframing. And it's kind of okay. where like you, you take something and you look at it from a different perspective. And okay. Peggy, instead of calling Bobby the third wheel, calls him the third musketeer. And that is insanely good reframing to me. <laughs> because the third wheel has got such a negative view to it, right? Like nobody ever wants to be the third wheel. It's awkward, unnecessary doesn't need to be there but third musketeer holy shit that is awesome yes i just yes, i is. love it that's good writing um and i guess my last pro in here is that Redcorn finally gets to have a family you know he's struggled a lot when we see him in the 900 episodes we've seen about joseph's parentage he just wants to be a part of joseph's life he wants that piece of his family he wants to be able to impart that and he's going to get that. With, at the end of this episode, we know that he is going to be with Charlene and her kids. And he's going to get his family moment. And that makes me really happy to think about. Because Redcorn does deserve that. Even if he is not the like best person in the world, he's definitely not the shittiest person in Arlen. That's Carl Moss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> every time. Every chance I get. <laughs> Buddy, That's those are my pros. Unless you got anything else to say that you really enjoyed about this episode. No, not really. We can kick into some cons here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number one, oysters equal snot. I hate oysters. They're fucking gross. Unless they're smoked, then they're amazing. <laughs> and I'll eat two tins of them on Christmas morning and stink at my damn house. But Bill's like, oh, is it too forward to order oysters? Yes, Bill. And it's also gross. You can't eat oysters and be sexy. Stop it, Bill. Stop it. <laughs> I should be more bothered by Dale's whole DNA theft subplot and then and then i should be more bothered by like i compared it to another match in my collection and then i get to thinking <laughs> this isn't 2023 like he's not going to 23 and me you know what i mean does D does dale no, have he's a going DNA to octavio's guy? like friend yeah like some dude who works in like a bio lab in mexico right and just yeah i know yeah i know a guy i'll give you 50 bucks to sequence this g this dna oh okay now we drink. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, and it's it's also funny to me that everybody immediately takes that, like, at face value. And knowing Dale, like, the person he's going to could probably have mixed up DNA from all sorts of people. It could have been dumb luck that mm. this is what happened. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Dale isn't known to have the most reputable friends. If we're joking about the fact that it could be uh, uh, like Octavio's cousin that did this, it's because that's how they've written Dale. Mm -hmm. Like he'll go to anybody that'll get him what he wants. Just because he can doesn't mean he should. Yeah, or that it's accurate. <laughs> I just I don't know. I don't know. I I I spent too much time thinking about this because I'm like, this is this is t like you know what? Fifteen years ago, it. It's 
DNA isn't as easy as it is now. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But he has a library. That's weird. Um, yeah. Charlene might be hot, Johnny, but she's not hot enough to wear that terrible sweater vest thing. Women shouldn't wear that terrible <laughs> sweater vest thing. It's gross. I hate... I'm so glad that fucking look died. I hate... Those were my least favorite thing ever. And then, like, the armholes that always get all, get all like, you know, cored out and shit, so, like, they wouldn't be elastic... And it's just like, I can just stop. I understand the look you're going for, but just stop. We're not doing it, and <laughs> I don't care. Um, and my final con that I asked you to remind me about, but I reminded myself about it. So, 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 Joseph, he is an athletic kid, yeah? Yeah. We can agree. I mean, he's, you know, the quarterback. I think he's plays basketball. I'm pretty sure he does other shit. Essentially, Arlen's Jim Thorpe. Oh, absolutely. But you know what's weird? He's a weirdly planted-on-the-ground kid, Johnny. Okay. So, and now this is just me extrapolating just a touch here. We see Dale fence jumping one time in this episode, but we get a second fence jump, and it's not out of Dale. It's out of Redcorn. And then I get to thinking a third time this episode. We see Redcorn doing all manner of various, like, we're going to call them feats or actions. Like, there's the one, and he does the, like, <laughs> front jump can roll trips. out the window. Yeah, it's a can- Yeah, he casts a cantrip. He uses sweet-ass jump-out-the-window roll. He uses, you know, like, <laughs> grab-an-arrow roll. And in this case, he uses out Bill's back door, jump-the-fence squirrel tactic style. Dale taught him how to do it. It doesn't matter. I don't care who Joseph's father is. I don't care who raised the boy. I care about why isn't this boy jumping more fucking fences. Because both his parents and guardian do it frequently, ergo, so should he. Okay, off my soapbox. No, that's good. I love it. I love that soapbox. <laughs> Those are my cons. Um, I only have two, so we're we're getting to getting to the end of this one here. Um, first, it's that get Dale thinking that he is Kate's father and going through the whole rigmarole of the alien impregnating Nancy. And then using his seed to impregnate another person for a race of master people. This is the one of the most jump the shark moments in this whole show. It's taking Dale one step too far in my mind. Really? Like, you? Yes. Like I've seen Dale get really kooky, and I'm usually in for it, but this seems just a little bit too much. Just a little bit too much. Okay. Um, like maybe it's just the detail he goes into. As he's as he's describing it all, maybe it just went on like ten seconds too long, and I I clicked out of it and just went, well, I didn't like that. That's a con for me. Um, I don't know, I don't know. Hmm. They 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 also they try so hard to dance around this subject of Dale knows that he's not Joseph's biological father, but is his biological father. Like they try really really hard to make Dale believe it, and it's almost so hard that I don't believe it. You know? Mm. Okay. Okay. So I think it was just like maybe one too many jumps or maybe five too many seconds of him going off on a conspiracy theory about aliens and parentage this week that really just kind of, it turned it off and it, it just, it turned me into a, this is this whole concept. This entire episode is super jumpy. The shark. You've literally taken every opportunity and every storyline from Dale is not Joseph's real dad. And John Redcorn is, and you somehow, somehow managed to get fucking blood from this orange. Like, good lord, there is nothing left to give. Let us just let's just wring that loofah out right now, and 
and call it done. Throw it in the trash. Because after what it's done to Bill, which is my only other con, it's no. Like, it's just done. We're done with it. (laughs) Well, do you reckon they grew that orange up in Alaska? Maybe. Uh, What is it? Kuchos Golly Golly. He's the The one who wanted to do that. Leader of the UN. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Boy, we're callbacky. <laughs> guys, if you, if you really want to know all about it, go to alt.black.helicopters. Don't do that. <laughs> I cannot imagine Mark's that is a moment, secured buddy. site. Um, <laughs> well, you want to talk about Bill getting fucked some more? Because I don't feel like we're mad enough <laughs> about Bill getting fucked over. Like, um, so I have a I have a oh. thing in my rating that kind of like it it. it not normalizes Bill, but it gives him credit for something in this episode. So that's what I'm going to save mine for. Okay. Well, well, all right. Well, I'll save it then. I was just going to say, like, in, you know, Passion of the Doe Tree, we got mad because, like, Bill got to have his cake and eat it too. And now he's kind of like, now I get why he would be upset and relieved at it because he can't go back to that woman. Yeah. Like, there's too much trauma from Lenore. But. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Like, poor Bill. I'm amazed Bill didn't kill himself this time. But. <laughs> anyway, favorite moments. It's um so Bill and Hank are sitting on the couch when the two families are hanging out together with Joseph and Bill goes, "Don't you just love the laughter of children?" And then there's the sound of their laughter and it's Joseph and he goes, <laughs> right? And that was a good little bit. That was a solid little bit in its own right, but Hulu subtitled it as Joseph laughs weirdly and I lost my fucking shit. That was hilarious like <laughs> It's great. It's great. Thanks for the context, Hulu. Oh, God. Guys, if you're not watching with subtitles, you're doing it wrong. What about you, buddy? Uh, you are, you actually hit this really early in this episode. It's a line from, uh, uh, I think it's from Dale. Mussolini could get away with anything if he complimented your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just out of place and just weirdly obscure enough. And like, this should be way more offensive to anybody else. And yet, why is it Hank more offended by it? Like, <laughs> uh, where's Cotton when you need him? Um, that would have been yeah. an amazing Cotton well, yeah, line. I th- right? Oh, man. Um, Sorry. Well, Mark, I think what are ratings? Uh, why don't you break down our rating system? Yeah, sure. So at the very, very bottom is a charcoal. Charcoal is a crap episode. It is a turd episode. It sucks. Characters are used poorly. Uh, the script feels weird. We're 12 seasons deep now. Johnny and I are firmly solidified in our ability to be assholes about this. So when we say something is a charcoal, you can take it at face value that this episode sucks. Just avoid it. Above that is a megalo. Megalo is a lot like a charcoal, but it's more of a turd. And inside that turd are little shiny nuggets of okayness. This is not a good episode. This is not an enjoyable episode, but there are things that you will take from it and enjoy in the meantime. Above that is butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. Real middle of the road. It's always middle of the road with the butane. You just, there's some good, there's some bad, and you can't come on down on either side. But you might put it on personally, or if it's on at 2 in the morning, and you're blitzed off your ass because you had been playing Baldur's Gate for 12 hours and needed a break because your <laughs> eyes are starting to bleed, you might watch it. 
Above that is Char King. Char King is an amazing episode of King of the Hill. It's our A rank. It's our gold standard. It is fantastic. Characters are on point. Sound design is on point. The writing is on point. Shit, there might be an animation bit that blows the budget. If Johnny and I both come together and say that it's a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. And that is an amazing episode of King of the Hill. But, but, there might be something that hangs you up just a touch. Like, you know, maybe you need some context to enjoy it. Once again, let me, you know tap this mana card of the exterminator with without dale context you're not going to get what an amazing episode that is if you don't need any context right. though let's say that you watch this episode for this is the first episode you ever watched the king of the hill it gets you hooked we're going to call that our blue flame of valor everybody is on point everybody is amazing there is no flaws there is no down there is nothing bad with this episode that's a blue flame of valor that is our s rank that is our platinum level that is not what I'm rating this episode, but Johnny, I'll let you go first on the scale of charcoal to blue flame. What are you giving Untitled Blake McCormick Project? Okay, so charcoal to blue flame, I'm giving popcorn a butane. Fuck you. Um, this, <laughs> no, damn it, that's forever and always. I'm going to go into the wiki and change it. Um, <laughs> this seems <laughs> way too much. Uh, this seems way too much at points to just be super, super cruel. And, okay. and I'm just like, damn, this this hurts. And so it's hard. It's hard to watch. As somebody who's watched 12 seasons of King of the Hill, it is very hard to see anybody else go through the same thing and to have Dale like pushing it as hard as he is, not knowing that he was in this similar situation and hurting easily the most, like what we imagine as the most fragile person in the alley it's really hard to watch at points um, at the same time. And I said, I was going to save it for this section here. I think we can now definitively say that Bill has a stronger constitution than Dale and probably always will be. He's more healthy emotionally. He's more healthy. Um, uh, just like relationship wise, Bill is, is actually a much stronger character than Dale. And here's my reasoning why Dale looks at Bill and can say straight to his face, hey, by the way, I uh, I intentionally made your significant other go and fuck John Redcorn. <laughs> and no one in the alley has ever been able to do that for Dale. And it's because it would crush Dale. But Bill, he's either been so crushed that that fucker is graveled or he can handle it. Either way you look at it, you still can't say it to Dale, but you can to Bill. And that that to me, that gives him points. That's why I see him as as going like, holy shit, I was almost just Dale. That's why he's he's not going to try and kill himself. He has seen how shitty that situation is for mm. 13 years. Almost said 16, but Joseph's not 16. Uh, but for 13 years, he, he went through that and he lived that with his best friend. And his best friend, by killing it now, just, just basically ensured you're not going to have to do the same thing with him. Okay. Okay. So, I think Bill is probably thankful at the end of this episode. If I was him and I was in his position, I would be, but I'd also be a little cheesed off that I didn't get any more Charlene tail. Mark, what do you give this guy? Oh, yeah, like that's the greatest loss here. I'm giving it a Buking. This is a really good episode. It feels super King of the okay. Hilly, but God, it's, it's fucked up. I'm not going to put it on, you know, like... It's 
it's not. No, exactly. It's messed up. Like, this is a We're hard episode to watch. Out. But it's really got some solid moments. And I guess I didn't realize that that was Brittany Murphy doing uh, Kate. So that's like an added bonus in and of itself. So, yeah, yeah definitely a Bu King. Really good episode. But, boy, it's hard to get around. <laughs> it It is. It definitely is. Well, right on, buddy. What do you say we, um, I don't know, move on over to our night? I don't try to, you know, I try to tie him and I just, let's, let's, let's <laughs> jump the fence. That's what we're going to do. We're going to jump the fence to our next episode. <laughs> it's going to be rather explosive over there, Mark. Be careful. Well, this is episode 226, The Accidental Terrorist. Original air date, March 2nd, 2008. This is written by Tim Croston and Chip Hall. Mark, we just saw them, did we not? Oh, we just saw them in Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray. Okay, gotcha. Um, So, yeah, and I, I remember that being kind of lukewarm on our radar. Um, Cast of characters for the accidental terrorist, we have Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Tom Hammond, Alex, Falcon, Sparrow, Officer Brown, Khan and Min, Supanusimpone, Nancy Gribble, and the copy business cashier. Mark, we have kind of two guest stars here, one returning, one not. Um, Officer Brown is our returning character. And hot damn, mm-hmm. I didn't realize his character actually had a name. I don't know if he's named up to this point. But... Yeah. Fred Willard is back three times in Fred Willard is two back, weeks. back again. Yeah. So, yeah, and we'll get him only one more time. We only get him one more time. The Bazooms episodes is his last. He has five total credits as Officer Brown. And, you know, again, it just seems like so much more, but. It does. <laughs> yeah, and it definitely does. But at least, you know, he did something right and got back, back and promoted up to normal police in this episode. He's not back on the canine unit. He's not doing anything really crazy. Um, and then our other guest star here is Tom Hammond, Mark. And judging by his voice, now I haven't watched a lot of 90s sitcoms, so I would never have gotten this. I've also not watched a lot of 80s sitcoms or 2000 sitcoms or 2010 sitcoms. So, I, yeah, definitely <laughs> wouldn't understand this guy's voice. Do you know who voices Tom Hammond? Uh, Yeah, check on my MySpace as my instant messenger name of Ted Danson fan. <laughs> I was just gonna say I fucking love Becker. His... I loved Becker Did in the nineties. Like it made me into the cynical, angry kid I am now. Like I remember watching it and I'm like, this guy's always mad, but he's always right, and he's really smart. I think that's how <laughs> I'm gonna be when I grow up. And look what <laughs> happened. <laughs> I the only reason I know that he is a sitcom star is because in 3,000 years, some dumbass is going to buy his skeleton because he has an idea for a sitcom. <laughs> he's, so if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here. I know he's he's in, what, The Good Place? I think that's one of his biggest ones of, of recent note. But he got his start or at least early popularity on Cheers as a bartender, right? Yeah, Sam the bartender. Yeah, yeah, dude, fucking Cheers. I, you know what? That was that should have been our, my lead, but I didn't watch Cheers as a kid. So, <laughs> well, no, like he's not the only popular person to come out of Cheers. I mean, for Christ's sake, we're getting a Frasier revival. Um, but Becker would probably be where I'd know him the most from, because I was too young to watch Cheers. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson is Tom Hammond this week. 
Uh, synopsis, Hank realize, when Hank realizes he's been getting screwed over by his car dealer, things get personal, dot, 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 and explosive. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, this might be the most fuck you I've been to you this entire series, and I apologize. It's cool, guys. It's cool. I just want y'all to know I wrote this copy before I started drinking wine today, so that has nothing to do with it. The delivery is all the wine. <laughs> A story characters this week, Hank, Bobby, and kind of Peggy. And for the most part, like it starts out as a Hank and Bobby vehicle, so maybe that's why I just kind of drifted towards it. Um, you want me to jump into notes? Yeah, really quick. I've got a little bit of an addendum to your character sheet. Um, oh, the yeah. photocopy girl. It's Abby. Oh, my God. I just had her name. And Normal? now I can't. <laughs> No, um, Abby Elliott. There it is. Fucking A. You might remember her as Chris Elliott's daughter. She's been in the show before. I don't remember where, but here's the problem. I just checked on IMDb to remember where we had seen her before because we have seen her. We have called her out as well as Chris Elliott, who is in the show often and she isn't credited up until this season. So there's some fuckery afoot, but interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah, Copy Girl is uh, Abby Elliott, Chris Elliott's super hot daughter until you look at her and then see his eyes and her eyes, and the illusion is then broken. Damn you rolling shit. <laughs> Grab a strong hand. Um, 30 seconds into this episode, it already doesn't fucking hold up. No part of this episode holds up at all. No part, John. <laughs> no fucking part. Are you talking I'm about sorry. the fact Just, that you yeah, can go and bargain anybody to do anything at a box store, let alone get anything in a box store now? I'm talking about that box stores still exist. I'm amazed that Hobbytown and Alamosa is still around. <laughs> like, we have a box store. It all comes in one box, and that box is now Amazon. Shut the fuck up. But then the idea that, like, you got a guy for anything, and the idea that brand loyalty is even an idea in 2023 past, you know, like, old people that only shop at City Market because it's, you know, 100 feet from their house. Like, yeah. God, this episode doesn't hold up. No, um, not Hey, at you all. know what else doesn't hold up here is any form of friggin' continuity. Tom Hammond didn't sell Hank his new truck. That was some uh-uh. dude over in, uh, what was it, Durndal? Yeah, it's the, um, oh, wow, the uh, pickup truck graveyard. Or pickup truck heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, yeah. what are we doing, guy? I, I, I know, I know how nitpicky that is, but, like, I'm just watching this, I'm like, hey, now, fuck you. Like, this isn't. Yeah, exactly. It's where he. Yeah, he, that's where we had to say goodbye to the Danger Ranger, and say hello to the F two fifty. It's a big mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it just. Also, that episode is chasing Bobby season five episode nine. So thank you. You're welcome. Because <laughs> I had to. I did have to look that one up. I'm not gonna lie. And the guy that sold it to him, I believe, was a guy named Marty Mendez. That sounds right. Yeah. So Hank just goes to hang out at the dealership, question mark? That's It makes you think that, right? Because nobody... Well, one, <laughs> this this episode also doesn't hold up well when you consider the fact that apparently everybody at the dealership was still working there when Hank bought his last car there. And it's like, mm, no, no. People are like, nobody keeps a job that long at all anymore. You're lucky if you have the same person in the same job for more than two years. Let's be real. Um, So yeah, like... Either everybody there has been there for so long that they know Hank and they know that he is the world's biggest sucker and that you suck up to him because 
somehow his his extra two grand is keeping that whole place afloat every <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for calling it out. I just, I don't know. Um. All right, so I wrote, I don't remember this episode, so I wrote the note. Do you think Tom actually has a kid in the army? Because I was looking at the picture on his desk, <laughs> and I'm like, man, that is a really nicely animated shot of this random, like, dude in the army. And then Hank says, do you even have a son in the army? And he goes, no, he's a stand-up comedian. And in then Austin. I wrote the note, LOL, I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, Luann looks amazing for being pregnant for a year now. Yeah. <laughs> it was two episodes ago that she, she had mentioned, you know, I'm going to have my baby in a couple of months. It's like, mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. So th- by that theory, by the, that lingo, you should be in your second trimester and you're still not showing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a gynecologist or a neonatal surgeon or nurse, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just... You know, I, I, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, there's a bit here. Khan literally runs around the hill house to talk shit. <laughs> yeah, he does. And it's it's pretty good. So, and now more than ever, I had to stop and question the layout of the hill house. They have two backsliding glass doors right yeah. next to each other. Yeah, there's yeah. so there's I, the one that goes into the kitchen, but there's also the one that goes into his, not his den, but his like TV room. Well, yeah. So, like, yeah, out of the living room, yeah. But there's the there's the front door, and then the backsliding glass door to the yard. But then the kitchen has a backsliding glass door to the same to the same backyard. It's just that's I don't know. It's weird, and I never put that together until today. And I was like, wait, why is Con? Oh, he ran around the fucking house. Okay, cool. Um, okay. Doctor Quarters is the dinner of onions, but for TV. He is at this point. I think we've seen him three times. I'm glad you. I'm glad you times, pointed yeah. it out because yeah. I wasn't going to. And I'm like, no, that sounds like something Mark's going to notice. Well, I did notice it because, like, at first, because, you know, that, you know, you're washing dangerously. It was like, okay, whatever. But, like, it keeps showing back up. And it's like, that's cool. That's a cool part of continuity that they're bringing back. And it is like a dinner of onions. It's just like, you know, an audio site or, yeah, get not an audio site gag, but you know what I mean? Like, it's an a thing gag, you're going to yeah, recognize it. And the it's continuity. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a cool thing we're going to recognize. Uh, how about you, buddy notes? Yeah, um, so you definitely already hit my, my first one real good, and I joined in with you. So I don't have to talk about good luck finding brick and mortar anything anymore. Um, I will say, <laughs> I will say that is something that I actually don't have a problem with here in Germany. Because apparently in Germany they love small business. That's why I have six different fucking grocery store chains that I can go to, and they're all roughly the same size. And they all feel like they give me the same selection as uh, Walmart or City Market or Albertsons. Like, it's kind of cool. I appreciate having options. When I don't want to walk down the street to Penny, I go down the other end of the street to the Lidl, or I go to the Aldi, or I go to the Reva, or I go to, like, there's a billion other fucking places for me to go. So, Mm -hmm. I kind of like that. I also really like that thing. There are certain things that do kind of exist, and you hit one that is going to be really hard for it to ever go away. Because there's some things that you don't want to see on the internet. You want to see in person before you buy them. And hobby shit is the is the king, right? Um, right. I want my games, my cards, and my like my Warhammer figurines. I want to be able to pick up the fucking box and look at them, or like look at models of them. And so 
hobby shops, I don't know if they're ever going to go away completely. I like buying hobby shit off the internet, but I love going to the hobby shop just to screw around. Okay. Okay. You know, you know what? I got to amend my rage. There are two still, there are still two brick and mortar businesses in America, at least liquor stores and weed dispensaries. Ed's very true. Very true. They, there are some, especially with weed, there are some, you know, chain shops. Like what is it? Starbucks, I think in Colorado. Starbucks is a big one. You and I went to the, you and I went to the one in Kansas City, and like that was the nicest dispensary I've ever been into. Like, Hot, it was damn, amazing. Was it ever? Like I would, I would repeat business that place. But and then I get to thinking about it, and like I got, I do have my guy up in Salida that I go to all the time. There's like eight dispensaries up there, and I like this guy, you know. So I oh, guess yeah. I got to amend there. You know, there's how many liquor stores here in Alamosa, and anytime you're you were down here, and you say, "All right, let's go, get, let's go get beer." Where are we going? Beer cake, fuck the guy at Chief, because I hate the guy that runs Chief Liquors down here, so yeah. No, it's like, true, and we never go down down to the one by the Rio Grande, because that's I haven't done that since I was in school. That's like last ditch You don't effort. go to discount anymore. You go to discount to get herpes, yeah. Yes. No, you're right. Everybody has their, their little things here, and so that kind of blows a hole in your, I have a guy for everything thing. And I'm glad but I don't. I've only it. got a guy for my two fucking vices in life. But you know, like <laughs> I'm not discerning about my fast food. It's either fucking Burger King or Wendy's. Like it's you know, tr- I'm I'm true. not discerning about where I buy my groceries. It's either Walmart or City Market or Safeway. And guess who owns City Market and Safeway? The same goddamn company. So like, you know, yeah. Even like you, you know, even like clothing down here. It's like a couple weird brick and mortar stores. And I'm sorry, their clientele services a different type of person than I am. Yeah. Read that as rustic Hispanic. And I don't have a size 30 waist, so I buy my shit on Amazon because I'm a big fucking fat ass. But, like, you know, like, so I yeah. guess they do still exist, but only for sin. So, cool. Yeah. I am into anyway, it. I totally cut you off there. No, you're good. You're good. We can move on from that. Um, But, yeah, guys, brick and mortar is kind of fun sometimes. Just. Just think about the last time you enjoyed going shopping when shopping malls were a thing. Um, I did a bunch of number oh crunching God. here because okay. what does men say? Men says, why you not like your car? It's nicer than mine. And I'm like, wow, have the Hills ever had anything that's nicer than the Supanusimpones? Probably not. At least not that they would openly fucking admit, especially not men. So that made me think, mm-hmm. cool, 22 grand. That's the sticker price. It's a little more than 22 grand was the sticker price yep. for Peggy's uh, convertible in 2008. I did inflation. I did inflation on what twenty two okay. grand would be in today money, and it roughly comes out to thirty one thousand three hundred seventy two bucks. So thirty one grand. So about ten grand jump. Jesus Christ. Yep. Do you want to know what the average car price is in uh, in America right now? As sure. of March of this year, you can take that twenty two grand in two thousand eight or thirty one grand now as it stands, and try and buy a nice car. But your average car price is forty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, it's uh kind of crazy. I'm looking, I'm looking to upgrade my motor vehicle situation, and like, yeah, I am amazed at, and like, I don't care either. You, you know me, I'm not a car guy. Like, I, no. I just don't care. But like, if it drives you, you're even like solid bare bones it. basic. Anyway, uh, yeah, I basically hate capitalism, guys. If that wasn't apparent in. 200 episodes of King of the Hill. I don't know what is, because that's like my through line. Um, Mark, do you think Hank ever figured out what a JPEG is? Because his flyer has no pictures. Definitely not one of a gut dang hot dog. 
I only ask this question because every time I think of that scene and that song and that meme, I think it's from this episode, not the one it's actually from. Oh, okay. Yes. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I already mentioned this is our, we only have one more Fred Willard after this, but I'm happy to have him here. And my last mm-hmm. one, my last note here is, Mark, what do you think the most fucked up thing Hank has been accused of in this show? Is it blowing up an entire car lot? Is it murdering his coworker Debbie? Like where where what is, what is like so the pinnacle? What if we're doing this as just you know cost? I would say probably the car dealership because I bet that's I'd say conservatively like two million dollars in damages. But Mark, ain't you the asshole that blew up the Megalomart? I was supposed to go on vacation that week. Well, yes. Yes, he was. But also, both of these places are insured. Both businesses are insured against this type of loss. So what did Hank do? Nothing at all. Matter of fact, he fucking made Tom... uh, Not... I want to say Tom Holland. He made Tom Hammond a bunch of goddamn dirty insurance money. That's, you know... (laughs) And maybe they can't, like... I don't know. I don't know how, like, you know, car lot insurance in Texas works. Like, you know, your entire lot mysteriously blows up and your one suspect disappears... I don't know if he pay out on that, but at the same time, like, I don't really know how it works, but I yeah. guess, you know, the flood. I mean, flooding if you Ireland, look... when he opened the floodgate and, and Opera Hank Le Deluge, right? that was when the you... worst one because it was the, the one that did done. the least amount of damage, but everybody was mad at it, but everybody oh, was yeah. super pissed off at him. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. That had the longest lasting psychic scar. When you think of the, the, the like, the damage that Hank has has created and caused throughout Arlen, the, the wreckage that he is, the sort of, like, felonies he has created. I mean, shit, you can talk about Grand Theft Auto? No. What am I, th- what am I thinking of here? Um, oh, so yeah? he's he's been a cattle rustler. Just this season, we've had him be a cattle rustler. He's committed uh, de facto arsony or terrorism. Like, all sorts of crazy shit, but Hank has blown up the Well, but that too. This is domestic terrorism and Patriot Act days. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. He's aided and abetted like in, in 2008 um, when we were taking this shit way too serious. Like, oh, yeah. I knew a kid that threw a snowball and got a... He got a terrorism charge because he threw a snowball at a cop. Yeah. And it wasn't even at the cop. He was like... He was being a kid throwing fucking snowballs and it hit a cop and he got charged as a terrorist for like fucking missile or it was like a missile i swear to god it was like an he was assaulting a officer with a missile it was insane like wow it was a whole fucking deal yeah um when you think about it like there's a whole bunch of gun charges that they could throw on him for because he was aiding and abetting an illegal gun gun cartel ring in a bookstore like hank has done some crazy shit in this this series yeah. um yeah, yeah. he has Help been Peggy he's run like, coke I was gonna say yeah, he's been aided Peggy Ripby a coke runner to uh, to a prison nonetheless. Like, go mm-hmm. oh, Hank has done some some silly aiding the betting a kidnapping in Mexico. Yeah, um, I mean he's like you're he's taking her across in like a, international lines. Like he's almost an accomplice ah. to uh to uh like an accidental murder manslaughter charge. If you think about it, because he was there, he was there with Trip Larson. He knew what was going on. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> Even though now Trip is a Fuck. sausage. Um, yeah, Hank has had a, a fun ride. Definitely a fun ride. Oh, and he smoked a reefer. Worst offense of them all. 
It's been marijuana poison. Oh, going to hell. Going to hell for sure, yeah. Guys, I know I was bitching earlier in this episode about being jumping the shark. I just want you all to call me out on it next time I say shit like this because I very clearly don't know what jumping the shark means. I'm an I'm an amateur here. Mark, give me your pros. You 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 know what it is. You're you're hitting around where it should be. You're you're all right, buddy. Pros. Um, I got butt two. Number one, soccer moms. I must be horny this morning. Number two. I don't know how you drive a car through his ass, but I wanted to know. <laughs> Probably we should have saved that for my favorite moment, but... Oh. <laughs> that made it into a different spot in my list, and I'm really excited to get to it now. All right, lay it on me, buddy. It's in, it's in my cons, and it's that I'm mad uh, that well, they saved... Take it away. Saved... Well, no, I guess you have to give me your pros first now. Oh, oh, I see, I see. Okay, it's in my cons. Uh, pros. Yeah. Uh, I am glad that nobody will ever like car salesmen ever. I hate that job. I'm sure there's one nice car salesman out there in the world somewhere, but I fucking hate it. You guys have a terrible job. Nobody likes buying a car ever, and they definitely don't like getting bent over a fucking barrel for it. So, congratulations. You might be the most hated profession in the world. I think people more people hate you than than they hate um like lawyers, dentists. And dentists. I don't hate my dentists. I feel yeah. actually really bad for my dentist because I don't like having my teeth fucked with, and that's just his job. Like, I don't think oh, he no, takes yeah, the pleasure like, I, of it, but... I don't fuck. hate them, but they're like the most hated profession or something. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it's a pro in here that Hank is the naive one for a change because that banner so often falls on Peggy's shoulders. So it's really nice mm-hmm. to see it switch hands for a minute. Um, and my last pro here is that we have a, hey, oh, hey, look, Hank, propane and a, like, misdirect. We have that here for oh, a different yeah. character. <laughs> hey, look, is that Ted Wasana song? We're Ted. Ted. We're Ted. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pro to me, and it shouldn't, because I fucking hate okay. the, hey, look, Hank, propane. But it's funnier when it comes from Khan, especially because he comes it's back after. It's a funny bit. It was just. Well, this this time they just worked. That's the difference, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, cons, buddy, cons. Cons. Um, I want to turn this episode off. <laughs> that is, in fact, a con. <laughs> I I really wanted to just stop watching. I wanted to go back to playing Baldur's Gate. I I, I had to stop myself. From getting mad and go, no, no, you got a responsibility to Johnny and all the children and the senioritas. So I stayed the course, but God damn it, man. Um, so this is zero continuity, except for Luann. Fine. So this is, this is, you know, that fucking throwaway animation that doesn't make sense now because it happened before this happened. But, you know, no, Bill, it only was a year. Fine. That this episode makes sense if you go with that bullshit, but that's the only way any part of this episode makes any sense at all, and I hate it. Okay. Um, and then my last one here is this the worst Hank episode? Hmm. Make your argument here. Two hundred, two hundred twenty-four episodes of King of the Hill. I think this might be the worst Hank episode. He's not this dumb. He's not this naive. Like. I can understand it being taken by shit. Like, you know what? Four score. 
Fine. He didn't listen okay. to more than 30 seconds of a band. Fine. He doesn't watch the MTV, so he's not going to see the, you know, super sexy videos. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I'm trying to think of other super bad examples of Hank. And, like, I think this is the worst that Hank is in an episode. Hmm. I, I think this is our, like... At least up to this point. I'd say series. I'm going to say this is the worst in the series. I'm sorry. I'm going back through our list right now. And like Mutual of Omabois, he was pretty hard to watch, but like it made sense in context, you know, like we're uninsured. Hank is known to panic like shit with shit like this. This is just dumb. Like he's just, I'm sorry. He's, he's a fucking propane salesman. He worked at jeans West. You're going to tell me he doesn't know basic cons. Like, I don't know. It just, it makes zero sense. They don't care about context. They don't care about anything in this episode. They just wrote an episode and said, all right, this is what we're doing now. Like they're, they're, they're telling us, you know, he bought how many cars in 20 years and sticker. Like really, really? Like, I don't know. I just, I really don't care for it at all. Okay. I, and then just the ending is so deus sexy. Like Hank is dead. This to ending rights. is weird, yeah. right? Any, yeah, any court in the land would convict him. He's dead to rights. Like, you just show him this, you throw him under Patriot Act, he's done. You fucking suspend his rights. Like, you don't even show the video. You just say we have video, and then he, that's it. They're going to send Hank to, he's going to be king of Guantanamo Bay. Like, and instead, instead, Tom, Tom, Tom Hammond, not Tom Holland. Instead, Tom Hammond just rolls in. Nah, nah, it's cool. I'm going to big daddy this one and refuse to press charges, because I'm that boy's daddy. Like... I hate this episode. This is a shit fucking episode. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm done bitching about this episode. Uh, give me your cons because I'm excited. Um. So first one here is I, I feel a little guilty watching this episode. Whenever we look at the prospect of getting a car, whether it be here in Germany, whether it was back in the States, for the most part, I am Hank. Like, holy shit, especially when my wife is the one looking at cars. Um. And my, my argument that I'm I'm still willing to die on this hill, but I know that I look like an asshole dying on this hill for it, is that I have to be seen in it, and on occasion, I'm going to have to drive it. So please don't buy the fucking Mini Cooper. I don't care how cute it looks. I don't care how fun <laughs> it is. I like I did this for a little while, and I got but, into an accident with in, in my wife's Honda Fit that totaled the fucking car, and damn, did it feel weird to total a car that I could probably have bench-pressed at one point. Like... Good lord. Just Yeah. But I'm not a big macho I'm guy. Buy a Mini Cooper. <laughs> like I'm not a big macho guy and I, 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 I like weird cars. Grand. I really like weird I cars. Found a sport. But... Like it's gonna be great. <laughs> my every my week issue... last fucking month now, every fucking episode you have come down and inadvertently shit on something that I am actively <laughs> looking into or about to purchase. Fuck you, I need a list of shit that isn't good so I cannot bring it up in conversation. Just or shit like, that oh, oh no, no, no. About. Johnny says that this is bad. Yeah, like, oh, Johnny been speaking for old Mark for about three years now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, and then we get off and I go, so hey, what's the problem with X? And you go, oh, nothing. I was just talking shit. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Talking shit has consequences, doesn't it, buddy? Yeah, I was going to build a website this week, and last week you are like, fuck Squarespace. I'm like, oh, well, okay. I, I can't do Wix because Wix <laughs> fucking sucks. 
Um, or you're like, the week before, you're like, fuck you and your Dr. Sasquatch soap. I'm like, I love Dr. Sasquatch soap. It cleans my undercarriage goodly. <laughs> I don't know um, if you know that you're doing this, but you're doing this. You're like ruining my life a little bit. I love you, but fuck, man. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. I apologize. Mini Coopers fucking suck. All right, Mark is the idiot. Next. No, no, we're good. We're good. And mostly it's car colors because my wife wants this like obnoxious, bright green puce looking thing. I think it's, a, it's called chartreuse. It's like yellowish green. And every time we see it on the road, she's like, I love that car color. And I'm like, so, I fucking hate that. Let her get it. So are you, are, what, are you going to be fucking it. Hank standing in your garage or in your, in your driveway and be embarrassed about the car parked in it? Or are you going to yes. go, well, I guess my wife is her own person and can make her own choices. And even if I don't agree with them, there's still a choice. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, I already told you that it's a con that I feel guilty that I am Hank in this episode sometimes. So we're going to move on. Um, I feel like Hank does Bobby a disservice, right? He's talking about how he has to shield him so much and he doesn't want Bobby to see how shitty the real world is. And then when he does decide, okay, well, fine, fine, let's do this. He overextends really hard and just like loses all sense of tact. And it's like, come on, Hank. You are better than this. You are you you are smarter than this, and you care more about your kid than to just totally shit on him like this. We all know the fucking world sucks, and you have to find a way to tell your kid this. But don't just dump it all on him. You know? Well, but that's the problem. This is Mutual of Omabois once again. Like, this is okay. Rich Hank, Poor Hank once again. Hank just isn't good at teaching Bobby, like, lesson lessons. He's good at being a dad, but... He sucks at teaching Bobby, you know, core values and lessons and shit. Okay. Well, you, you maybe know, I just need uh, to get shit, over this it. Is, I don't know. I don't think you need to get over it. I honestly think it's a, a a Hank character trait to, like, he's, okay, he's not a bad dad, but he's a shit father. You know what I mean? Like, he's just bad. He, he you know, like, fucking think about life in the fast lane. What, what does he tell Bobby? You, you go in, you do the job that no one wants, and you try and get your boss's job, right? And that almost gets his boy killed. Like, yeah, just because it's not good advice doesn't make Hank a bad dad. But at at some point you're like, God, Hank, maybe just shut up a little bit. Like shit ain't the way it was 30 years ago, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Okay, I I will try and take this with a little bit more grace if we see it again. And and I'll 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 try and embrace it from that viewpoint that this has now just become kind of a Hank staple. Um, I think it will make me a little less mad and I probably won't throw it into a con if I can remember that as I watch. But we'll see. We'll see if it happens again. Uh, My last one here, and I kind of dove into it a little bit before we cut each other off, was that I'm really mad that we saved this Peggy line for season season 12. That I don't know what you meant by drive it through his ass. (laughs) (laughs) It's a con. Because that is one of the funniest fucking things she has ever said, ever delivered. And it was perfect. And we had to wait 12 seasons to get it. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of waiting seasons to get shit, Min is having an affair, question mark? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should have written out the guy's name phonetically, and I didn't, but what, Bing Pei Lop or some shit? Like... Something. At least that's what that's what's yeah. inferred by it, right? Like, okay, if yeah, you're going to talk well, about she Nancy's says John Redcorn. Yep. Yeah. And of course, I didn't like, you know, try and plug it into Google Translate because 
I think we've kind of put a hammer or a nail in the coffin of like we can Google Translate uh, Laotian. Well, and they don't use real Laotian or they don't use like authentic Laotian, I guess is the way to put it, on this show. Well, they're a different class, so they wouldn't use the same one. Right. But <laughs> just a okay. series of, vo- of vowel clusters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're still on your cons. I keep derailing you. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I'm done with my cons. I don't have a favorite moment for this episode. It might be Peggy just going, I, I, I didn't know what you meant by drive it through his ass, but I'm glad you didn't do that. That might be the only thing that I, I actually enjoy out of this episode. Yeah, it was it was a funny bit. Like, yeah. Um. So no favorite moment out of you. No favorite moment out of me. So let's rate this Oof. bitch. Oof. Okay. Unless you got anything else to say. No, I don't. I don't think so, guys. This Mark and I we've kind of alluded to this a couple of times throughout this series, and it it, it I think that says something about this episode that it's either a turning point or it's a, it's a memorable for not a very good reason probably. Um. It's like you tried to do way too much or impart way too many things and it just didn't hit the mark. And yet, so it was left memorable because of the, like what happened. And yet also we don't really give a shit about it. So, um, I mean, I, I gave this a butane. Accidental Terrorist gets a butane from me. I watched it for a, an episode that's supposed to be very serious, like very serious considering the time and the charge at the end of this episode. Um, I just mm-hmm. do not get invested in it. And you, I think, nailed it perfectly when you said, it's the ending. It's the deus ex. It's the guy coming in and saying, I'm not going to charge him, so this doesn't matter. That's not how the cops work. They can go, yeah, right. fuck you. We have him on tape blowing up 20 fucking cars. He's going to jail for the rest of his life. It's, yeah, 20 counts of, like, improvised explos- explosions. Like, yeah. Exactly. He's, he's fucking dead to rights. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and I think that's why I cannot take this episode as serious as they want me to take it. Okay. Yeah. What do you give this? Oh, like you couldn't tell, this is a char king. Or char king. This is a charcoal. Fuck this episode. Ooh. I, okay. I'm sorry, dude. So, like, either we can come down to the side of continuity matters or it doesn't. I don't fucking care. But you can't sit here and tell me that we've watched Hank keep buying cars from this one man. And I know how dumb it is to get hung up on that point. But then I hang up on every other point. He names a different insurance guy. I know Again, I know how dumb it is. Hank has been through three insurance guys. Per after the mold rush, he should know that insurance is a fucking scam. And then in Mutual yes. of Omobois, like... We kind of understand why it's necessary, but even then, even then, he just doesn't do it. Like, um, there is no continuity other than Luann is pregnant, so you could stick this episode literally anywhere at all. Literally anywhere at yeah. all in the show. And I, honestly, my biggest problem with it is, it, so not anywhere. It's got to be after uh, Propane Boom 1 and 2, uh, like, a, uh, like a week after that, because... Well, and I guess firefighting will go because, you know, Chad Elderson needs to say, weren't you the idiot? But like, man, <laughs> you can stick this one anywhere and it does nothing for it. Um, I guess we're going to watch next week to see if Peggy still has a black convertible question mark. I don't know. But like, I do not remember ever seeing it again. We're going to keep an eye out. Like, uh, you know, we keep mentioning how this is our failing is that like these later seasons, we're just not as, you know, 
we're just not as you know tight on the recall, but like this one is a big one. This is a bit. This yeah. is a car. Like we we forgave Peggy's pageant fever when Hank's truck was suddenly white and then never white again. Cool. Who cares? It's a paint job. This is a new car, right? Um, yeah. It's also this isn't how the world works anymore. Outside of weed and liquor stores, like well, in pet stores, you had your pet store up in a uh, uh, wherever the not. Gunnison. Where in Montrose. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. Montrose. There you are. You had your pet store up in Montrose where you get your cat food. Like, and sure, in that way, it's important. Smaller town, brick and mortar might exist, but I live in a very small town and brick and mortar does not exist. It's all fucking vape shops and tattoo parlors. And we just opened up our ninth barber shop. Can't wait to see that one fail. But like, God damn, dude, this episode sucks. No one is special. I hate this episode. It is. This might be my angriest charcoal that I've ever given. Like, <laughs> If I can make it, like, diamond-level charcoal quality, because that's how mad I am. I am Superman crushing this episode between my hands, and it becomes a diamond. That's how much I hate it. Fuck this episode. Huh. All right. <laughs> well, buddy, um, I we've, we've rated it. We've set our piece on it. We've got a very angry charcoal out of you on it. Um, <laughs> I think we ought to start getting uh, getting on out of here and packing up those bags for another week. But before we do, we have that ever-important question, don't we? What's that good, buddy? It is, uh, Mark, do you still like King of the Hill? I still like King of the Hill, but I'm going to find Tim Croston and Chip Hall and drive this episode over their ass, however one does that. Drive it right through their ass. (laughs) Mark, I still love King of the Hill. If anything, because I want to hear Peggy talk about threats like that again. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the only that's the only fucking redeemable part of this episode is that line <laughs> um fuck oh johnny tell those good people where they can find us buddy guys you can always find the dangle podcast on twitter on instagram we are on facebook at dangle podcast we got a group there you come and chat with us like three people do it's great we love them um you can always reach out to us on email <laughs> we're dangle podcast at gmail.com you want to reach out to me? I am Krautball on Instagram. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Mark, did you know that I made some aforementioned Krautball-like substances in the last couple of days? We call them Kraut burgers. They're basically sauerkraut and, and uh, sauerkraut and ground beef with a bunch of spices rolled up into pizza dough and cooked like a little hand pie. Holy shit, are they incredible! Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, you mentioned, and I was like so jelly. I <laughs> one of these days I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna come visit you in Germany, and we're gonna eat kraut balls for like a fucking week. And I don't mean your balls. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. It's good stuff. <laughs> Mark, where can they meet you? Oh, you can. Well, they've already met me, but you can find me, or I don't care, whatever. <laughs> Look for me at. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm aggressive. Good. I'm like keyed up, and I'm aggressive. I'm sorry. Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, as long as Twitter is still a thing. Um, or you can find us on I Can't Wait to Show My Kids, a weekly cinema review podcast where me and my buddy Brad, well, we look at these movies that were, like, fundamental to us as individuals that the other one probably hasn't seen. We make the other one watch it, and then we discuss, when can I show this thing that I love so much to my children? Um, this week we're firm, or I don't know where we are this week, but we are firmly rooted in the Halloween season. I even think, Johnny, you might be on this week when this one drops, I think. You might be on this week's show, the kids. Uh, no, it's probably going to be the thing now. that we watch next. So, but I, hey guys, come check out Johnny, and I can't wait to show the kids either. Or, or come check me out on the. Uh, 
almost a dangle podcast. Come check me out on the Two Wizards <laughs> podcast, the uh, OG flagship podcast of High Hammock Radio. It's me and my buddy Josh. We stare into that void so you don't have to. This is still October. This is still Halloween season. We are still ooky spooky, and um, I really just put my ankles in it, and I talked about um, how do you file a claim with your insurance company when it was a cryptid's fault? And it was a really good episode. Ooh. So go check us out over there. Uh, Marky Stardust on Twitter. And above all, guys, thank you for being here. Uh, two years of doing this, and you guys have been here. You are here. And I don't know about Johnny, but I can confidently say that we love, e- or that I love each and every one of you. And we hope that you'll stick around. And uh, thanks for being here. Johnny, thank you, too, for putting up with my rantings. And uh, let's get out of here, buddy. Let's get out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. Drive it through your ass. <laughs>